So before we get to that really great story of Martha and Mary, you will never believe what happened to me this past week. I know you're all dying to know. Let me tell you. So, okay, first you have to remember what we heard about last week. It was the story about how a lawyer came to Jesus wanting to justify himself and asked, who is my neighbor? And so Jesus responded by telling him this story about this man who had been beaten and robbed and left for dead by the side of the road, and two people passed him by, the Levite and the priest, because they had too much to do, they had people to see, they had responsibilities to fulfill, and because they couldn't get their hands dirty with the blood from this wounded man, because if they did, it would force them not to be able to do their work at the temple. It would make them ritually unclean. And along comes this man who stops and helps, who binds up his wounds, who gets him to a safe inn, who responds by giving the innkeeper money to take care of him until he returns. And Jesus asks the lawyer the question, which of these three do you think were a neighbor to this man in need. Which leaves the lawyer left to say, the one who showed him mercy. And then Jesus says, go and do likewise. Great story, Jesus, right? Isn't it a great story for us to be able to tell to our children and emphasize how good and important it is for them to be people who show kindness and mercy and help others, right? So long as we don't have to be the ones to stop ourselves and take the time to help others, to get our hands messy in the process, right? Are you with me here? Okay, then Tuesday happened. Tuesday, the kids and I had just gotten home after stopping at the grocery store, picking up dinner so that we'd have something to eat that night, and I was at home trying to like get everything prepared, and it was, if you haven't noticed, 90 degrees, so it was super hot outside, and we had been gone all day, and it was 7.30 p.m. So needless to say... We, including myself, were all hungry, hot, and tired. And then, out of the corner of my eye, I happened to notice this woman pass by our windows and walk into our garage. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, what now? Who could that be? So I go and open the garage door, and it turns out it's our neighbor from down the road. Turns out she had gone out to dinner with her friends and they dropped her off at her house and then they left without making sure that she could get inside her house. And I'm thinking to myself, who does that? Who drives off before making sure the person is safely inside their house? And I am starting to get a little frustrated. And then she holds up in front of me this 9-volt battery. And she's asking if we have an extra. Because it turns out that the 9-volt battery to her keypad, to her garage, has now decided to die. And she can't even get into her garage. And on top of that, the spare key that she keeps outside is not the right key to her house. And I'm thinking to myself, who puts a key that doesn't belong to your house in the spare key box? And then, on top of that... 
because her friends picked her up from, for dinner. She's left her phone at home, and she doesn't even have the numbers to her phone. So then she's asking me if I have a phone book that we could call them. And I'm like, who keeps their phone books anymore? And on top of that, she, okay, thank you for being honest. It's still good to have a phone book around. Now I know why. And on top of that, both of our other sets of neighbors were now conveniently not home. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, what do I do? So I send George on a mission all throughout our house to look for any 9-volt battery he can find. And you know what he finds? Every single size except a 9-volt battery! And then finally, finally in some brilliance, he pulls open a drawer and finds something of his dad's that has a 9-volt battery in it. So he screws off the cover and he takes out the 9-volt battery and I send them down the road. And I am praying and I am hoping that that 9-volt battery just has a little bit of juice for one more garage door open. <laughs> then George comes back to the house. Mom, the battery's dead. <laughs> So I pick up Emily, I turn off the stove, I hop in the car, I pick up our neighbor, and we go back to the grocery store, and then we run inside, we grab this 9-volt battery, I get up to pay for it, and then as I'm paying for it, our neighbor says, oh, turns out I have my credit card in my pocket because I paid for dinner for my friends, and I'm thinking to myself, whatever, it doesn't matter, no worries, we got the battery. So we go back to her house. I help her get it in the keypad. And thanks be to God, the garage door opens. And I make sure she gets into her house safe and sound and out of the 90 degree heat. And then I go back to making dinner. <laughs> so a little while later, as I was getting the boys ready for bed that night, they wanted me to tell them a story. So I told them a story that went like this. There was a boy who got teased and beat up and bullied and left by the side of the road. And George immediately blurts out, oh, this is going to be a Jesus story. I'm like, hey, this story didn't happen to Jesus. He told it. And I realized, I realized it was a story that I needed to hear more so than my boys. I realized it was a story that I needed to hear again because when Jesus comes to us and says he needs us, he needs us now. Not when it's most convenient for us. Not when we have more time. Not when we get to a certain age in our life. Jesus comes to us sometimes even when we're in the midst of making dinner with all of its demands, with all of its expectations, with all of the things that are happening in that moment. And I realized that in that moment, I was distracted by my many tasks. I was the one feeling short of time to get it all done, frustrated because I had no one to help me. And now... The need for me to help my neighbor had literally knocked on my door. And it led me to this moment of frustration. And this frustration 
And the expectation that we put on others becomes this perfect storm for resentment to creep into our lives. This complex human spider web of emotions, which brings us finally to Martha, who we meet today. This friend of Jesus, sister of Lazarus and Mary, this woman who has sadly gone down in history for all time for this one moment where frustration and her expectation of Mary got the best of her. But if that's all we see in this story, then we miss Jesus' message to them and to us too. Remember what Pastor John said last week about where we are at this point in Luke's gospel. A couple of weeks ago, we had already heard how Jesus had turned his face to Jerusalem. And we know what that means. We know that that's the point in which Jesus is already focused on this cross that he will soon face. He's not beginning his ministry anymore with all of the anticipation and excitement that something new brings. He is wrapping things up. He is taking what is so dear and near to his heart, and he is now entrusting it into the people around them hoping and praying that they are going to continue his work, that they are going to run with it, that they are going to keep on sharing this good news with everyone who will listen. Jesus does everything that he does at this point with a sense of urgency because he knows his time is running out. He is traveling on the road, keeping a very busy schedule, inviting as many people as he can to experience this good news of what God is doing for themselves. If they will receive it. And this good news is for everyone. It's for Mary and Martha too. So long as they have Jesus' full attention. It's good news for us, too, so long as Jesus has our full attention. In order to help us see the things that we do each and every day as having purpose and meaning and importance, so that we can carry them out with joy instead of grudgingly and with resentment that continues to build within us. What trips Martha up here is both her expectation for what she thinks Jesus expects of her, this perfect meal that she thinks she has to prepare for Jesus, and also her expectation of what Mary's role and purpose should be in that. Jesus doesn't expect perfection from her. Jesus doesn't expect perfection from any of us. And Jesus wants her and us to see the dangers that arise when we project our expectations on others instead of focusing on what we can do. 
In this moment of Martha's great frustration, she misses seeing the importance in what Mary is doing, in simply being in the presence of Jesus, listening to and learning from and being renewed by and being challenged by Jesus' word to her. Martha misses seeing that Jesus has already affirmed her for who she is and for the way that she fulfills her gift in what she does through her serving. Jesus has come and has chosen to come and stay at her house because he knows he can receive her hospitality in a way that some of the disciples encountered places that would not receive them. Jesus knows he can receive it from Martha. Jesus calls Martha by name to remind her, to direct her on what she needs to focus on in this moment. Which isn't to say that his, her serving isn't important and valued. It's to say, Martha, Martha, Dinner can wait for right now. There's something I need you to hear first. So today, imagine Jesus calling your name. Calling your name twice. Imagine Jesus saying to you, Come away from all that you are distracted by all of the things on your to-do list, the things that worry you, the things that weigh you down, the things that are burdening you right now, the things that are getting in the way from helping you to see who you are. Come away and listen again to what I have to say to you. What might that sound like? in your life? What might Jesus be trying to speak to you this day? Sometimes it can be the smallest things that over time mount up to be so much weight to carry, leading to this increasing build of anger and bitterness within us that not only leaves us losing sight of who we are and what we've been called to, but it leaves us being the ones who miss out on the joy that any moment can provide when we are simply present in it. Last week, one of the things that John said was a, a quote that said, went something like this. When we're forced to serve, it doesn't work out so well for us. But when we choose to serve, we can receive the blessings that come. The story of Mary and Martha is not a story where one sister is better than the other. But it's a story about how there is a time for both serving and a time for listening and following Jesus. It's a story about how Jesus' word to us always includes both an affirmation of who we are and also a challenge in how we are to live. 
a challenge that we might be able to wish we could just pass on to our children or to others without having to struggle to live it out ourselves. It is a story that we need to know is about about how we are both receivers and deliverers of this good news. It's a story about how we need to recognize that we can't lose sight of our purpose and our faithful following of Jesus. It's a story about how Jesus sometimes bursts into our lives when we are least prepared in the ways that we least expect. At the times that couldn't be more wrong when we are in the middle of making dinner, when we are overwhelmed by our many tasks and responsibilities. In order to say to us, I need you now to hear what I have to say to you, to hear my word in this moment, a word that always affirms us with love and grace and mercy, but a word that also challenges us as it reminds us of how we are to live. And hopefully, hopefully we'll be known by our better moments and not our moments of great frustration.